Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, to endure. Think of, think of enduring, and for us, that's like going through a trial that we endure something. We just saying that, that your love endures, and that's not a, it's not a trial or anything troubling. That's, uh, that, that's grace going on forever and ever. And Lord, may we know as a church, as a body of, of very broken people, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that your love endures and your love and your grace is enough. And it changes hearts and then lives from the inside out where we see people differently. We see every person's need for grace. Ultimately, not just our grace and act of kindness, but your grace, beginning and never ending in Jesus Christ, that will change a heart and then change a life. So we seek that power, supernatural spirit-filled power, both in individual lives here, but corporately as a church body, uh, to feel that together, whether a member or a visitor, but to, to feel that and then live that, because there's so many that need to hear the good news of salvation by grace. So many people struggling. So many people struggling in our midst right now. Don't simply open their hearts, but push away the things that would constrict our minds and our hearts from hearing and understanding and receiving your word. Not our word, not my word, not anybody, but, but your, your spirit. Thank you for that power that we can see in the church can live in our lives. Help us to do so. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, thankful for uh, uh, all of you again being here as our, uh, as our children uh, take off and go to uh, their class. Thankful for them as well. Uh, important for us that they uh, see and feel as they run, literally out, uh, that uh, the power of the church... Uh, in the body, in worship, and uh, even if they don't take communion, uh, to see communion, uh, it's a big part of the life of this church uh, that these children uh, would see that, and it would just begin to be embedded into their lives and into their hearts. Uh, If you have a Bible, turn to Romans chapter 10 today. Uh, If you do not, uh, as I say every Sunday, there are Bibles in the back, table in the back. You're welcome to pick one up. Welcome to take one home. Uh, We are in a, a series through the summer that we are calling how we are saved, how we are saved. Now, before I get into the Bible, uh, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about how uh, this can impact us as a church, because really the whole theme of the series is, is individual, you know, how, how we are saved as, as individuals. But uh, I don't want us to miss out on how we are saved as, as a church body. You know, I always like to say this, uh, the church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. Uh, for the salvation of the world, uh, and we're going to be talking about that today, to, to go and to preach, and not just preaching with our feet, but preaching with our mouth, and to share good news, and sending uh, brothers and sisters. Church is God's plan A. There's, there's no plan B. Uh, the church has 
uh, not just survived and sustained, yet thrived over uh, years and years, generations upon generations. Uh, it, is, uh, it is not a human work. Uh, we believe it's a supernatural, spirit-filled work uh, that goes across lands and tongues and tribes and nations. And it is a reflection of what we will see one day in glory. But for us, uh, to bring it back to this church on this corner, I hope over the summer, uh, as you hear me and others, you will think, how does this impact us as a body? Because the church and churches also, it's thrive, but they have always struggled, and we will use that struggle, on how to love each other better. Okay? As in one another, because the bottom line is we're in this thing together. It ain't a rogue deal, as much as I like, you know, the Han Solo type figures. Okay? It, Christianity is not, you know, rogue nation. or You know, it's not. We're in this together. There's a big C church in this city, church around globally, and together here. And so forever, as the, long as the church existed, there has been this struggle. How, how do we grow together better? How do we love one another more? You see this in Acts 1, even before the Holy Spirit came down. You know, they had, a, they had the first church meeting. Man, they had a vote. I know. We hate that in church, but they had a vote. Acts, read Acts 1. Uh, Acts 15. You know, Peter, I love kind of playing with it. Peter, Peter made the mistake of, of preaching to the non-Jews, which is really not a mistake at all. But, you know, he caused some trouble. At another big church meeting. And like, well, how are we going to love these different folks, these people of otherness more and grow together? How are we going to do that? Uh, I love Acts. Y'all who know me, man, love Acts. Love it. Did I say I love? I love Acts, okay? <laughs> We're studying our radical group. And, but it's a lesson. I mean, I encourage, read Acts, you know, you want lessons about the church. It's all about how do we grow Together, how do we love one another more? But also how we reach out. How do we share the gospel? As in like speaking, preaching, day to day, house to house, neighbor to neighbor, nation to nation. But I say that to y'all in that we need to grow together better. God is always pushing, prodding, each of us individually and individual churches to do more, raise more, what do you want to call it? More. It's not content. And that, that sometimes troubles me because I like to be content, even though you can ask my wife, I hardly ever am. But God pushes us. He's pushing you, whether you realize it or not. There is always more that you can do. And be for Jesus Christ our Lord. Always. Always. Whether you are 26 or 86. And that's a, that's a good... I mean, I don't know if y'all are woken up yet or not. That's a good amen, okay? You can always be more. It's not like my opinion. It's in the Bible. It pushes us. prods us. There is more to do, more people to reach, 
more people to send. And we get content in our earthly dwellings, even the dwellings of a church building, the Lord's going to push us out. And He may use things in the physical earthly realm to push us and prod us to deeper growth, to greater reach. And sometimes it'll be tough. Sometimes, if not all times, it will rock your face and world. Is it like, well, I thought I was going to do this. I thought I had an aspiring blankety-blank career. What's, what's this feeling, this tug to, to do this or to use my gifts in this other way for the kingdom? I, I, I'd rather keep it. I'd rather hoard my gifts. You ever felt like that way? Hey, and here's something else. God ain't ever going to push you where he hadn't gifted you. For example, I've never felt any prodding or pushing to join a worship team. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you know. I mean, I like it when everybody's singing so I can sing. But I ain't pushed in that direction. So he's going to push you where you are gifted. And that's a good thing for all of us. I say all that because it, uh, as we'll see in this passage, it has a lot to do, a lot to do about using our gifts and going forth. And we're in this series called How We Are Saved. Because it is about a church, but it's also it's about us individually. And I like to say this. We are saved in a moment. Uh, there was a verse that I used last week and we'll use again probably through the summer. Romans 6.17. We'll put that up on screen. It's not in our passage. Romans 6.17. Love this verse. Look at it. It says, Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed. And there's an order there. It starts, I I believe this, the teaching, I always say this, the penny has to drop. It's got to make sense. It doesn't start with this feeling of, oh man, that just feels good. And talk, I mean, we we talk love and grace, it just feels good and wrap your arm. I mean, it does start there, but you got to get that God loves you and God's wrapping his arm around you in spite of our sinful nature and that he saved you. You get that. I always say it like this. I mean, not to say you, but me, but you too, am deserving of death and hell. When you get that, and then the grace that in Jesus, life abundantly, life forever, like really get it. The gospel. It flows into your heart, melts your heart, and then flows into the hands and feet, and you become obedient. There's an order there in that verse. Really simple from the mind to the heart to the hands and feet of believers. So you're saved in a moment. You're also saved over a lifetime. God's work. Another uh, couple verses that, uh, that I love, and we will use again, Romans 8, 29 through 30. This shows a lifetime of God's work before we existed to after this earthly life. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. It's a lifetime. Something happened before. There's a call. You hear. You're saved. You're glorified. God's salvation work. So we're going through this this order, uh, this process of how we are saved. And and, and last thing before getting into the, the scripture is, you know, I also think, you know, it's in a moment... 
People are either saved, I call it by irrigation or the pickaxe. You either say the irrigation or the pickaxe. Because we're all hard soil. We're all tough soil. How do you get anything to grow in tough soil? One of two ways. Either steadily irrigate it. Uh, you farmers out there, steadily irrigate it. And at a point, growth begins. Or you bring down the pickaxe. As some of us know, we go to Honduras. Or bring down the sledgehammer and you've got to break it up. Now those are the saved salvation stories that we love. You know, man, you know, somebody in just life is a wreck, mess, and God just brings down that sledgehammer and changes their life and breaks it up and it's all painful. We love that, but the irrigation is just as powerful. And sometimes in the irrigation, we don't even know. I mean, I believe we don't even know like when that exact moment that you moved from darkness to light was. You just, now you're here. So I was an irrigation salvation. We got some sledgehammer brothers and sisters too. And they're, they're great, but it's, it is both. So we're looking at how we are saved and there is an order. I believe there's an order because the Bible shows us an order. Something happens before, which we talked about last week. Then you've got to hear the gospel we're going to talk about today. There's a change in your life from the gospel. You have faith. It brings about faith. It brings about repentance. You're made right in Jesus. You grow. You persevere. And you're in glory. We're going to be touching on all of those over the summer. And today it is hearing the gospel. We've got to hear it. Hear it with our ears. Somebody's got to speak it with their mouth. So let's read Romans 10, and I'm going to read verse 8 through 17. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they are never heard? They have never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how, they are, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. A couple things here today about hearing. You've got to hear the gospel. You got to hear it from somebody. Somebody's got to preach from you. It may not be a formal setting, maybe one to one. Somebody's got to preach. And then hopefully you'll go preach to somebody. Now, the first part of this passage is actually what I was saying last week. Because I told this story, and I'm not going to get into it. It was, um, and I used this example about, you know, being at a sports bar, you know, I mean, shocker there and everything. But I, if you want to know that, Listen to last week's podcast. But anyway, the, uh, the story was, uh, somebody told me, like, I just want people to say, I believe in the Lord Jesus, 
And, and that'll do it. Because I know they'll have a place in heaven. And I, I said, you know, I, I disagree. I mean, I, I want them to say that, but I want them to live that out. Because often what happens is, is you might hear a brother or sister say that, but their life is so, so different. And that's some of the, especially down here in our ground zero of the Bible Belt, where just, just about everybody says it. Uh, there's, there's one person, my wife and I know, who we respect greatly because they say, I'm not going to go to church, but I'm not just going to fake it. I'm going to say, you know, I have some real trouble and doubt uh, about Jesus Christ and about, you know, he's only the way, the truth, and the life. And this person will, will say it very explicitly. And I respect that because you just don't get that a lot down here. And when, when you're surrounded, you know, by and saturated by the church, you know, whether you believe or not, you know, you'll, you'll say what people want to hear. And the beginning of this passage is saying that it's both your mouth, so you can't just believe in your heart and not say it, but it is the heart. You know, going back, verse 8, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And so what we want is that there is this life change beginning with a heart change. All the problems, all the problems of a person, of a church, of a world. You know, we need to pray. We had this horrible attack in Orlando. World's, you know, crazy, crazy. All this does begin, it's not policy, I believe. It's not policies. It's not a philosophy. It's a heart deal. It's a heart deal. And so we believe, or I believe, or that Jesus changes the heart, and that impacts day-to-day life with people, but also how we see the world and wanting to go to reach people. But your heart changes, and then, then I believe, you know, what you say begins to change. Many people stop swearing. Amen? You know? At least, no amens there. So you, you keep on going on that. Okay, that's fine. Come on. That's fine if you want to go there. But, uh, I mean, I have some trouble, too. There's some words that just creep. Well, they just never creeped out. Let's say it like that. But anyway... The heart should change how we talk. And the heart is the, is the origin place that has to be just flooded by his grace. So I use that because the first is saying it's, it's emphasizing both. The heart and the mouth. And then it says, uh, I love this, you know, all who call on him. Verse 12, there's no distinction. Jew, Greek, you know, black, white, race. Nationality, tribe, no distinction. All who call on him, call on him, call on him, call on him. Get on your knees, call on him. Sit in your chair, call on him. Stand up, and call on him. will be saved. It is that simple. Now then, the last couple of verses uh, talk about this hearing uh, and sending and sharing. And, and I love that for uh, my life. I mean, I find it inspiring for me. Uh, and I... Uh, I find it inspiring for us as a church that we got to hear and we got to share, okay? So let's key on these verses 14 through 17. And there's some things that that we got to do. First, we've got to hear the gospel. Uh, Many of you have, and this is not the first time, uh, we do our best in our broken vessels to proclaim the gospel here. 
but you got to hear it. And it's not just about coming to church. Actually, what I'd love to convict you to do today is thanking the person uh, from whom you may have first or later heard the gospel. Uh, My parents here today, amen, I thank them. They're the first ones in family that shared the gospel with me. So, you know, a great responsibility as parents is to share that there are little dudes and girls that need to hear the gospel. And we have a responsibility to share it. So, love for you to thank, thank y'all. Love y'all. Uh, but then there are other people in our life. I think about um, other pastors, you know, sitting in a church. Uh, some of you youth back there, get off your iPhones, I know, you know. Uh, or it's okay, stay on it, just at least uh, hear me out, you know. Listen to a pastor, you know, way back yonder, who shared the gospel with me. I, I remember a man, his name's Dr. Lloyd Ogilvie. He was really the first person, and I was, I really kind of started hearing, figuring out the gospel, or, you know, the Lord, when I was 22, 23, uh, a pastor, Dr. Lloyd Ogilvie. You know, I've thanked him, before. I've been able to meet him again, and just said thank you for, for sharing, and how that, that impacted. So, do y'all thank the person from whom God used as a vessel to first communicate the gospel to you. And if you have not, hey, thank somebody today. Thank them for speaking, speaking into your life, speaking directly. And not just like with their feet or hands or experience, but the words that they said, the prayers that they gave an example to. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. Then you got to hear it again. You got to hear it again. It's not just a one-time deal. You've got to hear it over and over again. And I'm not saying you're not saved, because you are, but you still got to hear it again. And not just for growth, as reminders. So, like, for us, here's the church. I mean, the importance of, of the continual, and it's like dripping almost, the continual feeding, feeding of the flock, yes, because we're all sheep, uh, the regular hearing of God's Word across all of Scriptures. Why? Talk about rise with God. Why do we want to preach all of the scriptures to hear it? So let me, let me share a passage, because this passage is about hearing, but I do want to share something from Ephesians 1. You can go there, or you can note this, Ephesians 1, verse 7 through 10. You've got to hear it. Sometimes you've got to hear it read, because it's, it's not a man deal. It's a God deal. Ephesians 1. We were in this last week. Pick up in verse 7. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. His work on the cross. He saved you. You. You're not saved by anything else. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Jesus Christ saves us from past guilt. Present doubt. Because doubt is like, I don't think I can. Simple as that. Future worry. Jesus Christ saves us. The forgiveness of our trespass according to the riches of his grace. Here's that word again. Which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, because we can't see everything that he has for us. According to his purpose, there's a purpose for your life, which he set forth in Jesus Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time, all of history, all eternity, to unite all things in him. That would be Jesus again. It's not just work on the cross. He was the 
beginning point and end point of creation and history. Things in heaven and things on earth. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to roll with a lot of amens today. You hear that, and if you've got kind of like a, yeah, yeah, then, you know, as subtly and softly as I can, you know, you know, I pray that you are awakened by the Spirit to the great things of God. And, and they're great things in our life. I mean, got a you know, brother with a baseball uniform going to game. We love baseball. Great things. It's fun. Summer, you know, things, activities, great. But the wondrous things of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's really all there is. And to be awakened by that, I, I pray that. You got to hear it again. You got to hear it again over and over. That's why we do our Rise with God plan. Daily hearing from His Word. And then, I believe this if you're saturated by it and you hear it over and over again, then you start hearing it in your mind. And that's the great point. Because you're in the midst of situations and just things come up. And I don't think it's like a mind, I think it's a spirit thing. And you hear about guidance what you should do, what you should not do. give you a real simple example. Last week, we had a baseball game at 1, so I rushed uh, to take Jack to the game, to the field, uh, and, of course, forgot something, you know, uh, always, and forgot his, uh, I guess it was his wet pad or, you know, one of those things, you know, just it stays wet all the time, cool all the time. Uh, so, of course, my wife's a wonderful reminder. She called to remind me that I'd forgotten it, and so I'm, like, at the field, you know, just chilling, kind of watching some BP, and like, man, you know, there's that, there was a word there that has not been extricated yet. But anyway, man, I got to go get, I got to go get uh, the pad. They were at Neek, so not, not a long, you know, not, nothing too bad. So I was there, and I was like, man, I'd really love a Diet Coke. Oh, that's good. So then I looked down at my car, and guess what? There's a big Nukes cup there, okay? I don't know if y'all are tracking with me here. I'm going with it. It's a big Nukes cup there. And I, and I thought, oh, wow. I don't like, have to buy a cup. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to buy a Coke. I got my cup here. I just kind of run in, fill it up. There we go. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just, real, you know, basic temptation. Got my Nukes cup. Don't get any ideas. And so then, and now you're like, what does this do with Jesus and fullness of time and everything? Well, it, it gets down to the practical because then it's like, God said, it's what you do when nobody's looking. It's what you do when nobody's looking. You talk about integrity. You talk about character. It's those little things. You know? It's like, so part of was like, oh, man. I could use those two bucks, you know? But, uh, <laughs> but I roll in, and I saw some of you, and, uh, you know, and, and didn't take my cup in. So anyway, but then I did say, oh, man, I can use that for a sermon next week. So there we go. You know? <laughs> So, you know, there's some benefits. But if you are saturated with it, it's those little things. I really think they're little things. When nobody's looking, when you're by yourself. I mean, I can, I can list some more, you know, popular, famous, explicit sins, but I, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to cultivate your life where that voice will be cultivated in it, that voice of the Holy Spirit. So you've got to hear, you've got to hear again, and then... You know, it goes down. There's a challenge for us about sharing. you got to share. Because it says, How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? 
How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How are they to believe? How are they to believe if someone doesn't go? Because there are a lot of folks that need to hear. And as we're a church, uh, our, our call is to go and to share. So I want to challenge, but hopefully push in a, in a way that can be uh, inspiring to see and seek really every opportunity. Talking about baseball, you know, at baseball games, at work, at a meeting with a friend, over you know, coffee or your beverage of choice or whatever it is. Do you look for ways to share the gospel. And here's the deal. If, you're, if you've heard and you're hearing again regularly, God's going to open up those doors. The doors will be much, much clearer. Because some folks say, well, yeah, I want to do this, but you know, I never really know when or don't see or don't feel. And then I'll say, well, are you in God's Word regularly? Uh, kind of, maybe once every two weeks. You know, then I'm like, there you go. I really believe when you hear... God is going to really make clear the moments to share. Let me say that again. When you hear over and over again, God will make more and more clear the moments where you can more and more share. So there's a connection, the hearing and the sharing. It's not either or, it's both. But I really, I just want to encourage y'all. There are so many people that are in your path and people that you can, you know, make up quite possibly and hopefully, an eternal impact in their lives. And it's not just how you live. It is how you live, but you got to say it. you got to speak it. And you're like, well, why do you say that? Because it's in the Bible. How are they to know unless someone shares? You've got you to say, this is why I live the way I live in some form or fashion. This is why I do what I do. This is why I go. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now, real quick, I would say this. Some folks will say in the sharing, like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm called as a Christian, but I'm really not called there, you know. Or, or we struggle with the self-doubt, like, I'm really not good enough. Man, God's gifted every one of you. And as I said earlier, he's not going to push you where you're not gifted. He's going to push you where you are gifted. So for those of you who say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm not a missionary, I don't have that call to go and be in mission, all are called. And all have opportunities to share. There are others, so so some are struggling with the doubt. Others struggle with pride. And I have to to acknowledge this too. Because some will be like, well, I'm not going to really share, just give, unless I have, I don't know, you call it a platform, or you call it a position, or you could call it, you know, my own deal, or you could call it, you know, my place. You know, I just think the Lord, if if you give and you share, and you serve, the Lord opens up more and more opportunities. Uh, my, my brother just got um, a license, a local pastor today, and thankful for him, and I, you know, that's great, it's awesome, you know, he, he's called and everything, but I always, you know, I said this earlier in the Bellwether days, you, know, you don't need a sheet of paper to preach for the Lord, you know. Um, so my, my point there is like, some be like, you know, some struggle with self-doubt, some struggle with the pride. Just share the gospel. 
Just use every day, every season uh, to share, to speak. And if you're hearing it regularly, you'll know when to share. Because sometimes, sometimes it is, we've got to hold back, you know, and there's some discernment. And then the last thing is not just about sharing, it's about sending. Sending. I, I always have, I really want more and more, I want Bell to be a sending church. And it's not just a week-long mission trip to a different nation or wherever. A sending church. I'd love to really just ongoing be sending full-time missionaries, raising up full-time pastors, you know, from this place. To be a sending church. Because it's not about the hoarding, it's about being generous. A uh, story I heard, and uh, I didn't know this. Some of y'all, I'm from North Mississippi. Uh, we have a little family uh, lake house up there. A few of y'all have been to it. You go about, you know, you throw a rock up, up yonder, up in, you know, hill country speak. But uh, up a little, little ways yonder, there's a little church. Uh, country church. My mom was baptized there. You know, real country church. Maybe get 30 a Sunday, you know, on Christmas and Easter. Okay? Uh, maybe 30. And, uh, but four pastors have been sent out of that church who today are preaching and pastoring, and their churches average together about 6,000. I mean, man, just God's glory there. Talk about ascending church, raising up. You see, why don't we try to keep these kids in here as long as we got them, you know? Ascending church, because it, it ain't about, I mean, Bellwether, you know, it's a nice name, but I mean, it's, it'll be gone one day. The church will always continue. God's church, Jesus' church. We need about sending to nations and neighbors and just everywhere, raising up men and women, you know, as maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a missionary, maybe it's just saying, hey, I just want to continue doing what God's gifted me to do. But I'm going to do it for Jesus. And that changes the way you do what you do. Word of God is clear. How we are saved, you got to hear it. So you're praying for a brother or sister, they got to hear it. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? I hope it is. Last thing, very last thing. Uh, I love this. It's in Isaiah. Neil, in our prayer time, read Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Everybody stand up. Everybody got feet here? Everybody's got feet. You know, we'll pray for brothers and sisters who don't have. Everybody got feet? Right feet, you know, stomp the feet on the ground. Seriously, you stomp. It's okay. It's okay. Loosen up. You got feet? What's the old song? Dad, I mean, not to be cheesy, dad's, you know, I got it. These feet are made for walking. These feet are made for going. Is that right? We get an amen in the house? Amen in the house? So where are you going to go, church? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to walk? You're going to go out there. Mission field begins today. Use those feet. Use that voice, Okay. And if you're like, man, I'm just kind of struggling with Christianity, man, praise God that you are here. I want you to hear the gospel in Romans and in Ephesians. You've got a great call on your life. We've got feet. God gave us feet. God gave us a, a mouth. Right, Pierce? you got a mouth? I think you do. Anyway, we got a, and we got a call. So we're going to close celebrating this call in worship. So keep standing and uh, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your call. Thank you for your word that we can hear and we can share. I pray we hear it more daily, and I pray we share it more, and I pray we're ascending church, truly ascending church. We love the mission trips. We've got to go past that. We've got to send some folks out. We've got to expand the kingdom of God. Thank you for this call. Remind us of it Sunday after Sunday and day after day, and it's all about Jesus in his name. Amen.